Well, ladies and gentlemen, if the polls are to be believed, the Democratic Party may be in the middle of a disastrous collapse where for the first time in a very, very long time, the 538 Senate forecast, not the House, the Senate forecast has by a very small margin Republicans now favored to take the Senate, as you might remember for a very long time, for months, it looked like two to one, even three to one odds that Democrats would keep the Senate, but probably lose the House. Things have shifted and shifted and shifted to the point where now, if we are to believe the polling and we will look at that in more detail, the most likely scenario is Republicans definitely take the House and maybe even take the Senate. Uh, by a 52 to 48 uh, margin, Republicans now very slightly favored to take the Senate. It's basically a dead heat, but a far cry from the 70 plus percent odds that Democrats had to keep the Senate just some months ago. If we look at the 538 forecast of how the odds have changed, you will see that, yes, back in late July, um, it was basically 50 50 and then Democrats building, building, building a lead all the way up to about a 71 percent chance of take of holding the Senate in mid to late September and a collapse to where now it is Republicans favored to take the Senate over in the House. The numbers even more dismal for Democrats now an 84 percent chance that Republicans will win the House. If we look at how those numbers have changed over time, you similarly see that it was getting closer there for a period in early October, still roughly a two to one margin for Republicans, but now just completely out of reach. Eighty four percent chance, 84 percent chance for Republicans of taking the House. One question that many of you have asked, you came to me, some of you with tears in your eyes and said, sir, can we trust the polling? It is absolutely the case that when you look at a lot of the generic ballots, which aren't looking at individual races, but they these are generic Republican or Democratic support in, for example, the House vote. It is true that there are some right wing pollsters sprinkled in. Um, Trafalgar, for example, which has Republicans plus six, that's a right leaning poll. Rasmussen is a uh, right leaning poll and it has Republicans plus seven. But many of what are considered highly rated non politically partisan pollsters also have Republicans leading, but by a slightly smaller margin. CNN, NPR, Wall Street Journal, CBS News all have Republicans leading, but between two and four in that congressional ballot. So the most important thing to be asking is, what does this mean for what you should do? What does this mean for what I should do? And it means that we should vote. Just worry about you. You have one vote. Make sure that you use it. I have one vote. I will sure as hell make sure that I am using it. And then in six days, six and a half days, seven days, it'll be Wednesday morning. um, We will all have a very clear picture of where this all shakes out. But I would be lying to you. And I know every time whenever I do this, people write to me and they say, David, you bastard. 
you're discouraging people from voting by saying Democrats have lost. Well, I'm not saying Democrats have lost. I'm saying the polling is looking increasingly bad. It's actually a reason to vote. This should encourage people to vote. And then when Democrats are leading and I report that people write to me and they say, David, you bastard, you're going to make Democratic voters um, complacent where they'll say, hey, we've got it. We don't need to vote. And no, no matter what I'm telling you, we should all vote. But there are some really bad looking numbers. Oregon, for example, there has not been a Republican governor in Oregon or Oregon, as the former president likes to say. Oregon hasn't had a Democratic uh, a Republican governor since 1987. That's like 100 years, roughly. Um, think of that. We now have a Republican gubernatorial candidate in Oregon that is favored to win, not by a crazy amount, but slightly favored to win. Now, let's address a couple of issues related to this. First of all, I get right wingers. I see them on the YouTube comments. I see them on my Twitter. I see them on Twitch and they are very much up in my email uh, gloating as if I personally have some particular stake in this that nobody else has just because I have a program. Um, I'm going to tell you guys this again. I will do better in terms of my business and my show if Republicans win everything. So much like you all were coming to me in 2016 and gloating about Trump and much like many of you were coming to me in 2020 and saying Joe Biden's going to lose, which, by the way, you were wrong about. I don't know what these folks are really gloating about because I have my one vote. I have no special extra votes just because I do a show. And again, I want what's best for the country. What's best for my business is that Republicans win everything all the time and Trump comes back and they take the House and they take the Senate and they take everything. Okay, I don't want that. But the gloating is kind of weird because it's just neither here nor there. Okay, that's number one. Number two, why is this happening? We have a combination of things. One, again, I just tell things the way I see them. Democrats are terrible on messaging, just absolutely terrible. Democrats have mostly ignored since the Roe v. Wade decision. What we know year in and year out are important economic concerns and have minimized them to a great degree. Now, on my show, I just give you the numbers and I say, hey, you know what? Extremely low unemployment, nearly full employment. Inflation is high, but it's flattening and it will come down. I I, I just give you the numbers, right? But I'm not running a campaign. Democrats went in a little too hard on Roe v. Wade as the defining issue of the election. As I told you over the summer, the timing may not actually work. The importance of Roe v. Wade's repeal may fade by November 8th. And indeed, that seems to be happening. And there is a lack of a sort of escape hatch at this point for many Democrats who have moved to the side some of the some of the economic concerns. Now, A lot of those economic concerns are based in misunderstandings, like, for example, that the economy is a disaster. The economy is doing pretty well. Gas prices down, uh, unemployment very high, job creation high. I've told. But what matters is the perception of the economy. And by hammering on it, Republicans made have made significant headway. In addition to that, typically. The party that wins the White House gets crushed in the following midterms. It looked like maybe 2022 would be an exception. But things are revert. 
uh, are coming back to. It's a regression to the mean, you might call it. Historically, it should be a bad election cycle for Democrats. So that's the combination of what's going on. We will have the real numbers very soon. But if we're going to lose, I want to lose fairly. And that means no armed intimidation of voters at the drop boxes. And we've got to talk about that next. A judge has ordered armed gunmen away from ballot drop boxes, but not all the way away. Just 250 feet away. You're allowed to intimidate at ballot drop boxes in Arizona as long as you do it from 250 feet away. If you have been following this story as we have, we started to see armed. What do we call them? They're armed. So they are gunmen. Is it a militia? I don't know. Not really. Armed people claiming to be poll watchers showing up in and around ballot drop boxes in Arizona. In some cases, we have video of confrontations with people just dropping off ballots. Of course, immediately um, uh, the courts were brought into this and HuffPost uh, and the Associated Press now report judge orders armed group away from Arizona ballot drop boxes. Local and federal law enforcement have been alarmed by reports of people, some armed watching 24 hour ballot boxes in two counties. And a federal judge yesterday ordered the armed members of this group to stay at least 250 feet away from the locations following complaints that people wearing masks, all of a sudden they want to wear masks and carrying guns were intimidating voters. Wow. U.S. District Court Judge Michael Liberty also said members of Clean Elections USA, its leader and anyone working with them are barred from filming or following anyone within 75 feet of a ballot drop box or the entrance of a building that houses one. They also can't speak to or yell at people within that perimeter unless spoken to first. This is insanity. This is absolute and total insanity. Armed people monitoring drop boxes. It is a dystopian laughingstock, but we kind of laugh to avoid crying, which is really what we should be doing. This is horrible. This is, you know, I don't want to use pejorative terms, third world stuff or whatever. This is completely unbecoming of the United States. And by the way, they can be there. They just have to be 250 feet away. It should have happened sooner and it should be more than 250 feet. Understand that 250 feet in many cases means that they're allowed to be at the entrance at the sort of driveway, what what's the parking lot, I guess is what you would call it at the entrance to the parking lot, to the to the uh, uh, locations of these ballot drop boxes. It doesn't even really change anything. Often you have a couple hundred feet, particularly in Arizona, where things are so spread out in many parts of the state. So instead of seeing them right by the drop box itself, you see the armed people as you're driving in to where you would stop to put your ballots in. Uh, apparently, the intimidation with guns is OK and it's free speech as long as you're 250 feet away. Now, there's a real question here. This has had a chilling effect already. Is the court decision too late? Because at the end of the day, they're simply being told you've got to be a little further away and they still might have had the impact that they want to have. But this should scare all of us. And uh, Arizona is the big state in which we've 
learned about this happening for now. Uh, I am monitoring for stories of it happening in other states. And if you come across any, please do let me know. But this is, you know, uh, the, the, the court is determining whether what is being done violates the letter of the law. What I am more concerned with is that all of this and this dates back to six months before the 2020 election, when they started to hint that if we lose, it's rigged and the mail in ballots are fraud and all this different stuff, the the spirit of what it should be to have an election in the United States of America has, of course, been violated by all of this nonsense going all the way back. Let me know what you think. Find me on Twitter at D Pacman. We'll take a very quick break and be right back. Check out our sponsor, Shaker and Spoon, the monthly cocktail subscription box that delivers the craft cocktail experience to your door. Each monthly box comes with three original recipes created by world class bartenders with ingredients for 12 cocktails. My favorite is the blood and sage. It's part of the vodka based drinks. It uses herbed sage syrup and blood orange Meyer lemon ginger ale. Delicious, refreshing. I love how Shaker and Spoon includes everything you need, the ingredients, the instructions right in the box. The recipe is easy to follow. The blood and sage made for a very relaxing fall afternoon on the back deck. A lot of fun. With Shaker and Spoon, you don't need to seek out hard-to-find cocktail ingredients or buy full-size containers of things you'll use once. This is way more convenient. Shaker and Spoon introduces you to spirits and flavor combinations you may never have otherwise discovered, and it is a fantastic holiday gift. Give the gift of an awesome experience. Shaker and Spoon giving you $20 off your first box. Go to shakerandspoon.com slash pacman. And use the code Pacman. That's Shaker A N D Spoon dot com slash Pacman. Promo code Pacman saves you twenty dollars. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman show today to get 10 percent off your first month. That's better. H.E.L.P. dot com slash Pacman show. The link is in the podcast notes. I want to tell you about something I use every day because it simplifies my life. I don't have hours to mathematically plan every meal or take multiple different supplements and vitamins to make sure I'm getting exactly what I want to get every single day. And the solution is our sponsor, Athletic Greens product, AG1. 
I've been taking AG one for over a year. It's just great. It's just one small scoop of AG one in the morning. I get 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotic, all from whole food sources. It's what I want. It's no more. It's no less. It's no extraneous stuff making wild claims. I drink it straight with water because I like the taste. You can put it in a smoothie or juice or a shake. It's just simple. AG one is a sustainable routine because it's just one scoop in the morning takes one minute once a day. I know I'm covered and getting what I want. I can really be sure that I am properly nourishing my body with the things I'm trying to get. That's the most important part. Athletic Greens knows I'm a vitamin D guy. I've talked about in the winter. I take vitamin D to make up for the lack of sun exposure. I take that every day as well. I've mentioned it on the show. And so Athletic Greens is giving you a free year of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase when you go to athleticgreens.com slash Pacman. That's athleticgreens.com slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. The David Pacman Show is a viewer and listener funded program. I would really love it, particularly at this critical, critical time for independent media, as we have a very important election coming and an even more important election potentially after that. Uh, I would love for you to sign up at joinpacman.com. You can use the coupon code BIGVOTING22 for six more days. Get the discount. Get the bonus show. Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money, but everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad. Get all of it. Thank your lucky stars. Every day you're not Dave Pacman. And you still won't be Dave Pacman. Sign up at joinpacman.com. Would love to see you there. I told you yesterday or the day before or like three weeks ago, I don't know, time flies, that Donald Trump had one last chance left to prevent his tax returns from being released to the House committee investigating him. And that last opportunity was an appeal to the highest court of the land, the Supreme Court, a very right wing court in 2022. The Supreme Court has decided to pray at the altar of Trump and indeed Judge uh, Justice John Roberts has delayed the handover of Donald Trump's taxes to that House panel. This was the last arrow in the quiver that Trump had left. And indeed, it is on target, at least temporarily. The Associated Press reporting Roberts delays handover of Trump tax returns to House panel. Amazing, right? But maybe not totally surprising. Chief Justice John Roberts on Tuesday put a temporary hold on the handover of Trump's tax returns to the Congressional Committee. Roberts order gives the Supreme Court time to weigh the legal issues in Trump's emergency appeal to the high court filed Monday without court intervention. The tax returns could have been provided as early as Thursday by the Treasury Department to the democratically controlled House Ways and Means Committee. Roberts gave the committee until, wait a second, November 10th. Why is that an important date? Let me think. November 10th. Oh, there's an election on November 8th. Very interesting. The chief justice handles emergency appeals from the nation's capital, where the fight over Trump's taxes has been going on since 2019, writes the Associated Press. Remember, lower courts ruled that the committee has brought authority to obtain tax returns and rejected Trump's claim that it was overstepping. Um, this is uh, it. Are we shocked by this? CNBC also reporting Supreme Court temporarily blocks Congress from getting Trump's tax returns. Um, 
very, very similar report from CNBC. Uh, What exactly is going to happen with this? Because for years, the House Ways and Means Committee, which has absolutely appropriate, uh, constitutionally indicated investigative responsibilities, not just abilities, but responsibilities, has been doing everything correctly and trying to get a hold of these taxes. They've done everything and it's appeal and obstruct and block. If indeed at this point, Donald Trump didn't think that there was going to be something damaging to him in those tax returns, why would he still be working this hard to block their release? What also, by the way, is the constitutional question that the Supreme Court needs to weigh and think about where every other judge and court so far has said, no, there's no good argument here. The House has broad authority to obtain tax returns. They are doing everything correctly. They should be turned over. Every single court has found that in every venue that Donald Trump has figured out how to uh, pull into this mess. But the Supreme Court now needs time until just 36 hours after the midterm elections to figure out whether this is actually appropriate or not. November 10th for the committee to reply. What is the purpose of the block? What determines whether the block stays and how long does it actually last? Is this just a brazen attempt to get beyond the November 8th election without the tax returns being released, no matter what is in there, just on the off chance that there's something damaging to Trump or Republicans there? Could the Supreme Court be that biased politically to the right, given that it has three Trumpist judges on it, even though this was the decision of a justice not selected by Donald Trump, Chief Justice John Roberts? At this point, I genuinely don't know. But when you read sober political legal analyses of this, all of those analyses come to the conclusion that at the end of the day, the tax returns should be given to the House Ways and Means Committee. Whether they will find anything noteworthy there remains to be seen. As a reminder, three most likely elements that would come from a full review of Donald Trump's tax returns, if indeed they are provided in full and underdacted, would be number one, Trump's not as wealthy as he claims to be. We basically know that already, but it would be confirmation. Number two, it would confirm what Michael Cohen and others have been saying for a long time, that for tax purposes, Trump undervalues assets that he separately overvalues when they are to be used for collateral purposes. That would be number two. Um, And then uh, I mean, and we could go even further. There's many other things I won't repeat to you the entire list. But the point here is the things we are likely to learn would not come as an insane shock, but they would be confirmation of what we've suspected for a long time. Also, I guess I should mention that Donald Trump has business with shady characters. That would be another. uh, And how would we learn that? Well, he may list assets on tax returns, which we could then cross reference to other owners or other business entities that are involved in the ownership of the very same assets. It would show that Trump is in business with people we didn't know about or that he sought to downplay or whatever the case may be. Do I believe that ultimately the House committee will get the tax returns? I do. And by the way, I expect them to leak once the House committee gets them, but it could take a little bit longer. 
Donald Trump appeared yesterday on the Chris Stigel podcast. I have no idea what that is, but these are the sorts of interviews that the failed former president is now relegated to doing. Trump's brain broke. It, it ac- acutely broke. It almost made a noise like a clanking noise when it broke. That's a joke. Trump repeating the now widely debunked conspiracy theories about the attacker of Paul Pelosi. Trump saying that he once made rough statements on Jewish. What does that mean? I have no idea what the hell this guy is talking about. Look at the breakdown of this man's brain. Starting with the first clip, Trump asked about the assault on Paul Pelosi. Listen to what Trump said. How do you read what's happened in the Pelosi household in San Francisco over the weekend? By the way, why do all of these right wingers have the Alex Jones voice? That man's a loser. I, I, why do they all talk like Alex Jones? Topic for a different day. Well, it's uh, weird things going on in that household in the last couple of weeks. Hmm. Uh, you know, probably you and I are better not talking about it, Chris, but. <laughs> The glass, it seems, was broken from the inside to the out. Why? And, you know, that was so it wasn't a break in. It was a breakout. I don't know. You know, you hear the same things I do. Yeah. The, uh, the, the 9-11 tape seems to suggest that uh, they that he knew the identity of the guy. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, a, it's a lot of bad stuff. I'm not a fan of Nancy Pelosi, but what's going on there is very sad. Yeah, I just it seems to me there would be security evidence of this. There just seems to be there more is. to this story. Would, would it be yep. safe to say? This is, I think, more than the traffic accident, it looks like to me. I <laughs> but think the but traffic dependent on Republicans or you, up. sir, I mean, how absurd. Clearly, this was a deranged man. We know that much. Yeah. it's The whole thing is crazy. I mean, if there's even a little bit of truth to what's being said, it's crazy. But it, it, the window was broken in, and it was strange that the cops were the, you know, standing there practically. From, they didn't. From the moment it all took place. So listen. Trump repeated these claims yesterday, November 1st, after we already had information about all of these claims. The attacker himself confirmed all of what we now know to be true. Uh, The cops didn't just stand there. They very quickly found the guy. The glass was not broken from the inside out. Yes, there were pieces of glass on the outside. Imagine taking a hammer to a glass window. Every time you pull it back towards you to hammer it again, you pull a little bit of glass out. It's not a big shock that there was glass on the outside. Uh, Pelosi didn't say, I know the guy. It appears as though in order to keep the guy calmer while on the phone with 911, He said something like my friend here, but he did not literally mean I know the guy. The guy is known to me. The attacker already said he had had no previous contact with Pelosi. Um, Pelosi was in his underwear because he sleeps in his underwear and it was two in the morning. There were security cameras that recorded every single one of these lies already debunked. But this is nothing. Then during the Chris Stigel interview, they get to the topic of Kanye West and Trump says he made rough statements on Jewish. I I know you're saying, David, are you are you missing a word there? What do you mean? Rough? What did we listen? Do you think Kanye West is getting a fair shake? I, I always thought after he aligned with you, even for a while, uh, he was a marked man, no matter what he said or done since uh, he, you know, he's been on the Tucker Carlson show, as you know, how do you read uh, Kanye West these days? Well, I, I was very honored when I was, because I didn't know him that well, but I liked him. I always got along with him very well. 
And I was very honored in a sense because he, uh, you know, he said all those great things about me on Tucker Carlson. Uh, he, <laughs> By the way, that's what matters. If he said good things about Trump, Trump's going to defend him. Made some statements, rough statements uh, on Jewish. Rough statements on Jewish. I might once made rough statements on an apple. I was sitting on the apple. It was weird. You heard them and you know them well. Yes. And uh, they're saying that that was the reason. Uh, so then you ask, well, would it have been the same thing if he didn't say all those good things about Trump? You know, you just don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. You know, he's a very different kind of a guy. Yes. And uh, it was very interesting to hear him on Tucker Carlson because you know, you never hear them in long sentences, right? Yeah, they also cut out a bunch of anti-Semitic stuff from the Tucker interview, too. He right. was actually very sharp and very, uh, <laughs> very smart. I was I was impressed by a lot of what he said. Well, yeah. he talked about life. He talked about health. These are things that he feels yeah. the black community is being lied to about those yeah, things. He does. He yeah. feels it. And uh, Man, it's it's all about what have you done for me lately? Kanye has praised Trump. So Trump's going to say, listen, he made rough statements on Jewish whatever that means. But he's pretty brilliant. I liked a lot of the things he said. Trump confirms he won't go back to Twitter in the context of his uh, own platform. Truth, essential. Yeah. If I go on there, what would happen to truth? I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. But but the answer is <laughs> I'm not doing it. Right. I, I won't go back on. And but I find truth to be much better. It's smarter. It's friendlier and also can be very nasty. You yeah. Know? Oh, yes. If, Especially if they get against you a little bit, even your own people, if they disagree with something you did, they get nasty. Trump's talking about vaccines there. Yeah, we got some smart ones, but it's it's tremendous. And it was number one for the last couple of weeks. It's incredible. how well Yeah. So Donald Trump, his own platform, which he often gets the name wrong of. Troth essential. He says he's sticking with troth and not going back on Twitter. And lastly, Trump playing with the supply chain games. Remember when Trump used to love to say, the cupboards were bare and all this different stuff. Now he's saying there's no turkeys. This shouldn't be in yeah. this country, and I can't help but feel like it's purposeful, sir. Sir? Is that your read? Well, it's certainly a terrible thing, and it certainly shouldn't be. And supply chain shouldn't be in this country either. I mean, pure, you know, just basic supply chain. Now I understand you can't get turkey. You can't get turkey now. Trump understands. Folks, listen, this interview was on November 1st. Who is buying a turkey on November 1st for a November 24th Thanksgiving? Now, sure, if you've got a huge freezer or something, I know some people will buy the turkey on November 1st. Every place I'm seeing is scheduling the turkey pickups for like Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday of Thanksgiving week. That's number one. And then number two, I've just been to two different grocery stores this week. They're filled with turkeys. There's turkeys bursting out of everywhere. I tried to get avocados. There were turkeys there. I tried to get, you know, uh, I tried to get the, whatever. Anyway, there's turkeys everywhere at this point in time. Trump relegated to completely frothing at the mouth, friendly interviews on podcasts. No one's ever heard of Chris Stigel, and he still doesn't make any sense. Let's keep fighting this right wing nuttery by growing progressive independent media as far as we can. If you are watching these clips on YouTube and you are not subscribed, please hit that subscribe button. I know many of you say, David, sir, I see all your clips. I don't need to subscribe. 
do me the favor because there's almost three million of you who watch the clips but don't subscribe. If we were to get to two million YouTube subscribers, it would be an accomplishment held only by the Young Turks in the progressive media space. Help us get there. Hit that subscribe button. I'll give you an update on our progress next week. When you're busy during the day and you need a quick snack, sometimes you're just in the mood for something sweet. That's when I reach for Monk Pack. Our sponsor, Monk Pack, offers gooey granola bars that melt in your mouth, as well as nut and seed bars that are perfectly crunchy, sweet, and salty. But the best part is that each bar is plant based with only one gram of sugar, two to three net carbs, and only about 150 calories. It's great if you're doing keto or low carb, or like me, you just want to minimize your sugar intake. I can't get enough of dark chocolate cocoa. I am just a chocolate guy. It's great. But they come in other flavors too, like sea salt, dark chocolate, caramel sea salt. They just launched peanut butter cocoa chip and dark chocolate cocoa. If you don't love Monk Pack as much as our entire team does, Monk Pack will give you your money back. Go try Monk Pack keto granola bars and nut and seed bars. Go to monkpack.com and use the code Pacman for 20% off. That's M U N K P A C K.com. Code Pacman saves you 20%. Use the link in the podcast notes. Let's check in on the campaign of Georgia Republican Senate candidate Herschel Walker. If you said to me, David, sir, what is the race that is depressing you the most this year? Oz Fetterman would be up there. Carrie Lake, Katie Hobbs would be up there. There's some others that would be up there, but near or at the top of the list has to be the Herschel Walker story. Herschel Walker can barely speak and can't explain his political positions in any kind of detail on any issue. But most importantly, he is now embroiled in multiple scandals in which he is just straight up lying. He has been caught urging and paying for multiple women to get abortions, despite claiming to be completely against abortion. Abortion is murder, according to him. No exceptions, no exceptions, no exceptions. He's urged multiple women and paid for multiple women to get abortions. He just denies it. He's obviously lying. He has claimed multiple times to be part of law enforcement and they're just lies. He pulled out an honorary badge at a debate, was laughed at and then keeps pulling the back badge out. He's a liar, liar, liar. And the new unbelievable situation is that the second abortion accuser. Has now given an interview on television. She shows her face. She's being referred to as Jane Doe. It's probably only a matter of time until the woman is identified, but she's going by Jane Doe, but has shown her face. And she says that Herschel Walker essentially gave her an ultimatum about the abortion. You and the hypothetical child would not be safe if you chose not to have this abortion. Think of that. Listen to this from uh, ABC News. He did not want me to have the child. And he said that he said that because of his wife's family and powerful people around him, that I would not be safe and that the child would not be safe. That's very menacing. It is a very menacing. It is very menacing. And I felt threatened 
And I, I thought I had no choice. Think about that. Think about that. If that is true, this guy is an absolute monster. Now, there is, of course, the hypocrisy element to this, which we're going to deal with in a moment. But there is also the growing understanding that this is not a nice guy. He's threatening the woman he impregnated and the hypothetical child with not being safe unless the woman gets an abortion. His own son, Christian Walker, has said that he and his mom had to move six times due to the threats from Herschel Walker. There is nothing here that actually is meeting the self-described standard he puts on himself, which is a great Christian man, a great father, all these different things. There's, there's none of it whatsoever. And even if you don't care about the specifics, maybe you're a Georgia voter and you don't care about the abortion issue. You care about his view on taxes. You could, I couldn't tell you what it is, but if you can understand it. Congratulations. But don't you care about the fact that this guy is a menace and a liar? Does that not matter at this point in time? And the answer is it very well may not. And that's what we're going to look at next. Sometimes we jokingly use the term brainworms. And what we mean sometimes by brainworms is somebody's abilities to think critically and consistently are either suspended deliberately or just not functioning. We finally got a very interesting interview. Fox interviewed a supporter of Georgia Republican Senate candidate Herschel Walker. And they actually asked her, what about the fact that he paid for an abortion for a woman he urged to get the abortion after he impregnated her? Uh, What about that? Because this woman is presumably pro-life, anti-choice, anti-abortion, and he claims to be as well. And she says, we've all done things when we were young. Herschel Walker was a nearly 50 year old man when this happened. When we were young, he's 60 now. He was almost 50 when he did this. What the hell are you talking about? And this is an example of the total cognitive dissonance that exists and the inability to reach certain people, which is where I'm going to focus in here. But let's take a look at this clip, okay? It matter to you if it's true or not. No. As long as he is uh, had a change of heart. I mean, we all do things when we're young, naive. He's an adult now. Yeah, he was an adult of nearly 50 years of age. When he impregnated a woman, urged her to get an abortion, paid for the abortion. And now in the second case that we now know of implicitly and menacingly threatened the woman he impregnated by saying you would not be safe if you did not get an abortion. And the eventual child would not be safe if you didn't get an abortion. So there's a bunch of different stories here. Let's talk about them. First is the realization that many of us have had. You really can't reason with these voters, right? What that woman who we just saw the interview with, she straight up says, eh, he's changed his mind. And he did this when he was young. We all do things when we were young. He was almost 50. Okay, you can't reason with her. So what do you have to do? 
you have to take the money that you might spend trying to reach those people. And instead, you have to target rational people to just get them out to vote. So as a political strategy, we've said before, where do you spend limited resources? Uh, how do you invest the resources and time that you have? Is it on trying to change the minds of people like that woman? Seems quite fruitless. I think you would agree, at least from an election story interpersonally. Sure. Try to talk sense into her. But as far as we have X number of dollars to spend, do we try to just get out the vote from people who already lean in our direction or do we try to change the minds of people like that? You've got to just try to get people to vote that are already that are not totally bamboozled and disconnected from reality like that woman. That's number one. Number two, this idea of redemption. This is an extraordinary get out of jail free card for the right, which is important for us to understand. Redemption can be used to explain away any transgression, no matter what, as long as the individual has completely implausibly repented or said why they've changed their mind. And it's used by the right to never have to actually consider voting for a Democrat, to never consider that the Democrat may actually be the better choice, as Raphael Warnock is in the state of Georgia. We saw this with Trump, Donald Trump, 68 years of life pro choice. All of a sudden, he's running to be the Republican presidential nominee, and he needs some way to no longer be pro choice that people will believe. Trump comes up with the completely unbelievable story. Well, you know, I was very pro choice my whole life. This is Trump's story, okay? I was, I used to be pro choice, but I met a woman who had a kid, and I met the kid, and it was a great kid. And the woman said, you know, at one point, I wasn't sure if it was the right thing to have this uh, pregnancy, to carry this pregnancy to term. I thought about getting an abortion and I didn't. And Trump goes, you know what? My 68 years of being pro-choice, I flushed him down the toilet 10 to 15 times because I met a kid I liked. That's the story. I don't believe that. That's an absurd story. I know many of you don't believe that story, but it's a get out of jail free card for the right wingers who go. He saw the light eventually. Yes, it took him 68 years, but he eventually saw the light. Um, on religion, we know Trump is not religious. We know Trump has no idea about religion. He didn't go grow up religious or any of it. But he started saying, I love the Bible. Oh, really, Mr. President? Or at the time, he wasn't president. Mr. Trump, sir, uh, what's your favorite passage? Oh, that's personal. I don't want to get into that. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Trump is a Bible guy? Uh, do, are you a First Amendment? A First Amendment? Are you a, uh, a New Testament or an Old Testament guy? Uh, both. Oh, okay. Completely unbelievable. But the evangelical right eventually came around and said, well, he came, he eventually figured out the right position on abortion and he's religious now and he loves the Bible and blah, blah, blah. So the redemption story is a blank slate, get out of jail free card if they want it. If they want it, if they want to bury you, then they don't use the redemption story. But as long as you've said, I changed my mind. They completely uncritically accept it if it's convenient. Now, let's kind of go to the last thing. Speaking very narrowly and specifically, how do people like this have a driver's license? How do people like this hold a job like the woman who we saw there? She's holding a kid in the interview. How does she parent a child? Some of these folks, I genuinely don't know how they get through the day. I don't know how they accomplish the simplest tasks, grocery shopping, uh, figuring out the right amount of Tylenol to take, 
quite frankly. I don't know how they survive. I don't because they are so. I don't even want to characterize it with adjectives. It's disturbing to think about the number of folks that are this clueless. That just live in the country with us, and it helps us understand how Trump won and unfortunately, why Herschel Walker may also win on Tuesday if our Georgia friends and neighbors don't get out to vote. The chances that your login credentials have been leaked in a data breach are higher than you might think, but you can actually check if you go to aura.com slash Pacman, you can try aura for free. Our sponsor aura scans the dark web for your personal information, login credentials, social security number, and sends you alerts, sign up and you could be shocked to see how many alerts you get on aura. One of our team members found his login credentials in three different data breaches. Now, of course, he changed his passwords right away. I've told you before about one of my accounts getting hacked. Scary feeling. But Aura also does so much more by automatically requesting the removal of information from data search engines, giving you fast alerts on suspicious credit inquiries. Aura has password management, malware protection for all of your devices. And Aura also helps you manage what your kids can do on their devices by restricting certain apps. It's really like a Swiss Army knife of online security. And you can try Aura for free for two weeks at Aura.com slash Pacman. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. Former President Barack Obama still on the campaign trail, still absolutely crushing a lot of the horrible people that are running this time around. Most recently, uh, former President Obama was in the state of Nevada. Nevada is a place that has a very important race going on. It is a race that is not necessarily going that well for the Democrat. The Republican running is Adam Laxalt, a horrible, horrible person. Uh, This is uh, Nevada Senate. And uh, the Democratic candidate is Catherine Cortez Masto. Unfortunately, Adam Laxalt has opened up a roughly two point lead, roughly two point lead, one point nine percentage points over Masto. And he is an absolutely horrible, horrible candidate. Former President Barack Obama. Obama. Yeah, right, right, right. We, We know his real name. He called out the rising anti Semitism that we are seeing. He correctly identified that the rhetoric that led to Paul Pelosi being attacked is likely to do more damage and to cause more violence. Let's listen to a few of these clips speaking very precisely on these issues. And 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 it gets disseminated. Millions of people log on to that. I want to give you a tip, Nevada. Yep. I I, want to give you a tip. If you see or read something on the Internet that says some people, certain kinds of people, whether it's whether it's white or black or immigrant or gay or Jew or Muslim, when you see something on the Internet that says those people are the cause of your problems, that, that, is, that is a dangerous lie. That, that, 
That is a path that will tear this country apart. Yeah. And it's not just will tear the country apart, but it's will also lead to significantly more violence. And in this next clip, former President Obama makes that point very clear as well. Look, a a friend of mine, Mr. Paul Pelosi, was attacked viciously. Somebody broke into his home looking for his wife, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House. And thankfully, I I spoke to Paul a couple days ago, and he's going to be okay. But... But, it, but even as investigators do their job, find out what exactly motivated this, this person, what, one thing's clear. This increasing habit of demonizing political opponents creates a dangerous climate. And, and elected officials who do not explicitly reject or participate in over-the-top rhetoric if that's what they're doing instead, of, if, if, if they just ignore or make light of that kind of violence, or if they encourage their supporters to stand outside voting places armed with guns and dressed in tactical gear, yes. if that's the environment that we create, more people are going to get hurt. And remember, generically condemning violence when there is violence but then continuing to do campaign ads where there's targets on people or to say at campaign rallies, someone should really do something about Nancy Pelosi. This is a really big difference between the left and the right in the United States. The right will say black lives matter is violent and they threaten people or Antifa does this, that or the other thing. When you look at the top level of the people in positions of power, You do not see the violent rhetoric from the left the way that you see from the right. It's what it is. The left doesn't talk about knocking them around, alluding to violence, but playing coy. The left doesn't regularly use campaign ads with people holding firearms or putting targets on the backs of individuals. I know that we can find in a country of 330 million anecdotes of everything. But the right, specifically the MAGA right, Mitt Romney really doesn't do this that I've ever seen him do. I've not seen Liz Cheney do it. I've not seen Adam Kinzinger do it. But the MAGA right is doing this deliberately. And it's not it might lead to violence anymore. It's it has led to violence. It has led to violence. Uh, Barack Obama also weighing in very clearly on the stakes here when it comes to policy that affects people versus cultural issues that are contrived and used to drive wedges between individuals. The question, though, you should be asking is who's going to actually try to do something about it? Right. Because if you watch these ads, Republicans, they talk about it a lot. But what's their answer exactly? What, what is their economic policy? None. Tax cuts for the rich, I guess. No, no, they, they've got one. They want to gut Social Security and Medicare and then give their wealthy friends and big corporations more tax cuts. Right. Because and because that's their answer to everything. 
That's, I, I'm not joking. Literally, it does not matter what's going on. When inflation is low and unemployment is high, they want tax cuts. When it's the reverse, tax cuts. I, I, I was telling some folks in Michigan, if there was an asteroid headed towards Earth right now, they'd all get in the room and say, you know what you need? You, we got to cut, cut taxes for the wealthy. That, that's going to solve it. Really? I, I mean, I guess it's simple to just have one answer to every economic problem. Exactly. You know, like, I, I remember, you know, when I, when I had a test in math and, and uh, sometimes I, I didn't study hard enough. <laughs> Might have stayed up too late the night before. And, and it'd be nice if you could just write down eight on for every answer. Yeah, I mean, this is just a version of when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail or you claim it's a nail, even if it's something completely different. And former President Obama is completely right in that. And he actually goes further. And again, this is not about glorifying Republicans of times past. It's not that Reagan was great or Bush by dear God. It's not that Bush was great either. It's that there has been a real observable, tangible change in the way that this political party, the Republican Party operates. On the one hand, you got politicians who seem like they will do anything and say anything to get power and leaders who share our values, who want to make your lives better, who want to move the country forward. And, 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 and let me say this, Nevada, they, you know, one of the difficult things about these kinds of rally these days is, is sometimes this, this seems so partisan as if it's just a, a Democrat Republican thing. Look, my favorite president is a guy named Abe Lincoln, who helped found the Republican Party. It used to be that there were GOP members who championed progress and civil rights. And that was longer ago than Bush, to be clear. Rule of law. But these days, just about every Republican politician seems obsessed with two things. Owning the libs and getting Donald Trump's approval. For now, for now. And as we spoke about with Angelo Carasone yesterday, the desperation for Trump's approval may wane depending on how next Tuesday goes and depending on what happens with Trump's 2024 candidacy, if there is one last clip from Obama. He weighs in on election fraud. Adam Laxalt, the candidate that he is campaigning against in Nevada, is a big lie proponent. And here is what President Obama says. He has no actual evidence of election fraud because there's actually no widespread election fraud, <laughs> but he's not going to let that stop him. Absolutely. He's going to look under every rock in the desert to try to find an excuse. Although if he wins, I'm guessing he'll be less concerned. All those votes will be legit. Funny how that works. Listen, I lost my first congressional race by 30 points. I got whooped. You know, you know what I did not do? I didn't say this was rigged. I didn't claim fraud. I certainly didn't instigate a riot on the Capitol. 
Instead, I asked myself, how can I be better? <laughs> yeah, good luck getting Republicans to ask themselves that question. And of course, he's completely and totally correct. If you vote in Nevada, if you vote in Nevada, we do not want Senator Adam Laxalt. And we have the potential to see Senator Adam Laxalt and Senator Herschel Walker and Senator Mehmet Oz and Governor Kerry Lake and a Republican governor in Oregon, whose name I forget for the first time since 1987. This could get very dark very, very quickly. And so we have to vote. We have to vote is the message. I know it's repetitive, but it is a must do. Real quick, in one of the absolutely wildest unhinged rants of the Mike Pillow era, he went on TV after a brief hiatus, his own show. I think it's important to say we're doing a class action lawsuit against all machines. Yeah, not that. But he now is claiming to have people and cameras watching polling places in every county as well as so-called cyber guys that can look inside voting machines in real time. If he's lying, then he's very ill. If he's telling the truth, these are probably crimes. Listen to this. This election, and I'm telling everyone out there, we are watching from every angle. There's people in every state, every county, every precinct, Brandon. Remember, you, they might think you can't look and see what's going inside that black box, but we can now in real time through something called the Edison report. Everybody, right. we have cyber guys watching this. We, I looked at a thing today. It was on my, my Twitter back from November of 2020 <laughs> and they showed CNN 20,000 votes dropping right off of Donald Trump's total in real time. You guys votes don't go in reverse. These are computer manipulation <laughs> algorithms. So, What I'm telling you is this election, it's all eyes. We have all the camera angles. Now, why? Now, everyone would say, well, Mike, why are you telling the bad guys right now? Well, I'm telling them, Brad, they are the bad guys, because the way I look at it, we're going to it's going to be a win win because the ones where we can override the algorithms are going to be there. They're going to win. And then also the ones they don't all of it. We got it all under camera. Well, maybe this time around, the judges and the the left, the left media and maybe even the right media, Fox News and Newsmax will actually report if there's machines that are involved in this election to steal another election. Yeah. Listen, I don't know whether he thinks he's telling the truth or whether he's delusional or whether it is the truth and he's admitting to crimes. I don't know about any of it, but we need to get beyond this type of thinking for every pillow man. There are 10,000, 50,000, 250,000 people who literally believe this stuff. Is it a million? I don't know. It is a sickness. It is a sickness. And for everybody who's been asking me, hey, you know, David, Mike Pillow, when you interviewed him a couple weeks ago, he said he was going to send you some free pillows for you to try them. Did he ever do it? No, he did not. So that also, by, by the way, I'm very happy with the pillows I have, but I would have been curious to try the Mike pillows. He also did not do that. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. Here is a caller who is not happy with my analysis about the Kanye West anti-Semitism situation from yesterday. Listen to this. Hi. Um, so I was watching today's episode uh, from November first, 
And I found it a little bit problematic um, how confidently uh, David speaks on the motive of where, like, Kanye's anti-Semitism is absolutely abhorrent and unacceptable, no exceptions, full stop. Yes. But you really need a medical um, expertise of, of some kind to be able to assume that his anti-Semitism isn't coming from the mental illness because it's actually incredibly common uh, with bipolar type 2 and um, schizophrenia that they have very conspiratorial beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had friends who have gotten sick and then gotten better and believe very um, unhinged conspiratorial things. We should also keep in mind that Kanye has a lot of distaste and a lot of distrust for black people as well. And the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. So listen, let me address this. What is the point that I was making yesterday? Think back to Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson got completely drunk and got pulled over. And he immediately said to the cop, are you a Jew? And he went on an anti-Semitic rant. And then it was blamed on the alcohol. And one of the things that was widely accepted at the time was drinking didn't make Mel Gibson anti-Semitic. It's not that you without being exposed to anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, you drink and suddenly you believe the Jews control banking, right? The alcohol can't make you. It has to be in there already. And so the point with Kanye is, yes, people become paranoid and conspiratorial when they are suffering from a number of different mental illnesses. But the things about which they become conspiratorial aren't planted there. And what I'm saying is, if you lived outside of a society in which anti-Semitic tropes and beliefs were perpetuated, you could start suffering from bipolar, too, and your paranoia would be about the police watching you or something that is there already that you are aware of. You, you, you're not all of a sudden going to be absent having that information or those claims somewhere already. You're not going to start believing those particular things simply because you drink too much or you start having a manic episode or whatever the case may be. That's the point. So what I there is no doubt that we're we're, we're Kanye better mental health wise, he very well might not be saying these things and might not even think them to the degree that he does. But these are beliefs that we know have been floating around in Kanye's head for a long time. That's the point that I was trying to make on the bonus show today. We will talk about Jair Bolsonaro signaling he will cooperate with the transfer of power, but not conceding defeat. We're going to talk about a total lockdown at Shanghai Disneyland in China. Wild situation. And we will talk about a Democratic candidate who was beaten and knocked knocked unconscious in his home. That's Richard Ringer. This is crazy. All of those stories and more on today's bonus show. Sign up at joinpacman.com. 